Hello, hello. You're listening to Movies with Kane and Tal. Thank you so much to all of our subscribers and listeners. We love you guys. And to everybody who has left us a review. We love that so much. If you are enjoying it, please consider clicking subscribe, uh, clicking on five stars, even leaving us a little review. And today, instead of starting with a trailer, uh, I'm going to actually read a little bit about this film just to set things up because the trailer was very visual and I just did not go into work in podcast form. The film is Snowtown, uh, and here we go. So I'm reading directly here from the trailer, and I think this actually plays at the beginning of the film as well. On May 20, 1999, barrels filled with human remains were discovered in Snowtown, Australia. Four people were eventually arrested and charged for 11 murders. These are the most notorious serial killings in the country's history. Well, hello again. Hello. Welcome back to Movies with Kane and Tiles. That's what we were, gonna, we yeah. were thinking, weren't we? Because I was, I went, um, I thought to myself, you know what? If we did it Movies with Kane and Natalia, it almost sounds like David and Margaret. Have you noticed that? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I, I... Dare we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm already dared to compare myself to David, so I guess we'll go with that. And, uh, kind of fitting with Selling Meg, considering our first entry today is an Aussie film. Mm. A... And what a film. What a film. Would you like to introduce the movies we're going to talk about today? Okay, we're going to be talking about Snowtown, a.k.a. Mm. the Snowtown Murders, as it was called overseas. Bodies in the barrels. And after that, we'll get into, what is it, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Yes, that's why I got you to introduce the movie, because I keep confusing it with extremely close and incredibly loud. Is that what yeah, it? I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm just like... <laughs> Rich, oh my God, extremely... Oh, what's the rest of it? Yeah, it's just, that's, a, that's a very weird thing to get to get confused because yes. how different those movies are. Okay, so Snowtown. Snowtown. Do you want to? I can't. Um. I, okay, so full context. Um, my mother is like really into like um, mm. true crime stories. Like mm-hmm. really into it. She, she has she's, no, she's a serial killer aficionado. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and admittedly, um, she's not really into like you know the dramatized versions of those stories. She prefers like you know the documentary side of things, which is you know fair enough. But I get the feeling that even she would find something about this because it it is uncomfortably realistic. Like it's so uncomfortable is one word. Yeah, it is definitely one of the more uncomfortable things I think I've ever. Sat through. Look, I point blank. Yeah, I, I. When we do this, I very rarely um, do much reading about the film um, and any stuff that's been written about it. But I did with this a little bit, considering that I remember this happening. Um, well, I remember it breaking in the late nineties and, and the, the trial and hearing about it on, in the media. And so it was interesting <clears throat> to see it made into a film. And I read a few kind of reviews, and the one word that came up in every single review of this film was in inverted commas almost unwatchable yeah and you know like put your your hands over your eyes kind of like and over your ears kind of unwatchable. yes (laughs) and and i I actually looked at um i spent a lot of time on um letterbox Mm -hmm. which um you know social media for movie buffs 
And a lot of like, especially the negative reviews I kept seeing was just like, it's too disturbing for me to get into, which I do totally get. I mean, not everyone actively wants to feel bad when watching something that's supposed to get them away from their own, you know, whatever's going on in their own lives. But It's definitely not an escapist film. (laughs) It it certainly isn't. But me, I'm the kind of um, movie goer who appreciates every emotional reaction that's given, like especially the negative stuff. Like one of my favorite movies is um, a film called Where the Dead Go to Die. Mm-hmm. And I like that specifically because my reaction to it was so visceral. Mm-hmm. I legit blacked out in the middle of watching it. And when I came wow. to, I was screaming at my television. Wow. Like that, like, and I love that movie because it got that kind of reaction out of me. Sure. So you can imagine that I actually did really like this movie, but it, it really does feel like a Requiem for a Dream situation where it's like, this is a really good movie, really well made, it really made me feel something, but I'll be fucked if I could ever watch it again. Oh, God, no. no. Like, this is a serious one. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah. So, like, how to put it? It opens on... Child pornographer. And, Sorry, I, was, I can't, I'm not laughing, and, but it's just and, you're right. And just and, and it feels like every single scene it keeps adding onto yeah. the misery. You've yeah. got hate crimes. You've got rape. Multiple iterations of it. Yeah. Like, and for the record, when I when I suggested this movie because we were scrambling, we to were find, scrambling. We were scrambling to find stuff to do with serial killers that we could actually you know, access. Mm. And I suggested this. All I knew about it was based on real events, Aussie movie. And I'd seen like what the director and the composer especially had done since. Yeah. I wasn't all that clear on the content or how, well, I want to say how graphic it was because it's really weird because it, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Exactly. It pulls out the same trick that, um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre did in that, it almost tricks you into thinking the film's more graphic than it actually is. Like, don't get me wrong, it is full on. It is, like, highly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's not, it doesn't indulge as much in the showing, like, the full on, um, I've seen this get compared to, like, torture porn a lot of the time, which, to an extent, I kind of get, especially with one scene that is, like, full on torture and, like, one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've, I've like anything I've seen in the last few years, but it doesn't feel like it's wallowing in it. It doesn't feel like it's showing it just for the sake of getting a cheap shock reaction Thank out of the you. audience. Yes, and it's and what's I think int- really interesting about both these films, and I, I do this every time, and I say, and we'll get to this when we get to the next yeah. film. But there is that um, they are both come from the point of view of a victim and not a victim of the actual murder, but somebody who's gotten wrapped up in this person yeah. and, and, and has unwittingly or whatever ended up being a part of this. And so the, 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 the uh, sorry, I've just heard your mum walking. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. We'll edit that bit out. Yes, we will. But the focus is not so much on what they did but how it came to be and the why and stuff behind it, which doesn't yeah. make it any less easy to swallow and watch, 
but it's certainly not the focus and not the – we're not trying to bash you over the head with yeah, the yeah, gruesome yeah. details of these murders. Yes, yeah, and the framing of it is quite interesting because it feels – how to put it? It feels quite unlike a lot of these kind of films yeah. to do with serial killers for, for, like, one specific reason. Whenever we get into – whenever, like, filmmakers, you know, do stories like this, they usually tell it in, like, two segments where it's, like, you know, the person – or at least, you know, the viewer of the person doing the crimes mm. and the police going after them. In fact, most of them, like Silence of the Lambs, like focus more on the police side of things. Whereas with this one, it's all insular. It's yeah. all to do with the people actually involved in it. And I, I like I have been doing for, for all these movies so far, I did some reading into it. And apparently, aside from the child pornographer at the start mm. and the main killer in the group, mm. um, none of the others are actually actors. They're all, like, people from Snowtown, yeah. like, locals that were casted into it, which, yeah. to an extent, I kind of get because, like, the performances do feel really... Real? <laughs> w w well, like, kind of muted in their own way. Nice. Like, not yeah. at... Like, not on the same kind of wavelength as the actual actors, which tends to be a thing that happens when it comes to, like, putting, like, established actors and non-actors next to each other. It's a kind of, it's an unintentional effect that kind of turns up. But at the same time, it really does leave a very, like, an additional bit of ickiness on top of everything else because it feels that much more real, especially since we're anchored to... Um, Basically, the guy who gets like controlled by everyone around him, yeah. and, just, and I have to admit, credit where it's due in terms of like showing like him being a schizophrenic, which was done. I felt like in a very in a rather subtle, like reasonable manner, like, like as far as like showing his disconnection from reality. Which like I'm watching this, and I wish I had that kind of disconnection because it's too confronting. Yeah, and I. I wonder, like, it's it's it feels like a very Australian film to me. It really does, you know, and 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 not just because they're Australian actors and it's it's set in Australia, it's an Australian film, but the, the the way it's made and it, it is all those kind of, and that's the thing I love about Australian films is that even though it, it's a very brutal um, film, there's a lot of subtlety to it as well, and there's a there, lot of levels the, going. There on. is a lot to it. It, it, it is. Um, it is a lot more about like planting ideas inside people's heads and outright showing what's actually yeah. going on. Which is pretty much what the what John's whole MRE is is, is 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 you know planting these ideas in people's heads and getting them to kind of drawing them into this kind of concept yeah. and this idea of his, which he, which and, and I was worried that the filmmakers were going to try to kind of justify. Well, it, they kind of do. In well, they don't really justify it as much as make the audience ask questions yeah. about what's going on. Like the scene with um, uh, the the main guy in the group talking about how what he's doing with you know his targets and what the Australian military does with theirs yeah. really aren't that different. Yeah. And especially with how it like, admittedly. His conflating of homosexuals and pedophiles together yeah. is A, not tasteful, B, understandable considering he himself isn't tasteful, mm -hmm. and C, disappointing to see that argument lingering even today. Yeah. It, it really sucks seeing that. But at the same time, 
it does kind of make you question, like, like, let's give the homicidal, bigoted fuckstick the benefit of the doubt for a few seconds. Let's say that, like, he does go after the guy who, um, you know, uh, uh, the people who abused mm-hmm. the lead character. Mm-hmm. So, like, Jamie. So, Jamie, yeah. So maybe like all of his targets are, pe- you know, are people who, mm-hmm. you know, who are rapists and pedophiles mm-hmm. and abusers. Does that justify how he's doing it, though? <laughs> no. It's just like, it's a justification for torture thing that enters into a lot of, like, you know, stuff to do with law enforcement and the military and, you know, a lot of political yeah, areas. Totally... And, it, and it adds an extra, and it adds yet another layer of unsettling yeah. to the whole thing because not only are you seeing all this hideous stuff, you almost feel bad for people who, in some cases, might deserve what's happening to them. And it yeah. it, 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 it takes, like, a, a thing that's kind of present in all of these serial killer movies where the audience are voyeurs watching the bloodshed and actively makes them and actively points out, wait, yeah. what are you getting out of this? What is your stake in all of this as a viewer? And, mm-hmm. like, I really like films that actually acknowledge the audience and their own production's place within the story they're telling. Yeah, and a good point, case in point of that is the scene in the kitchen where the woman sitting at the table says, if this had happened to one of my kids, I would, and she rattles off... Oh, yeah, they're all going from the hypotheticals that like, so they would she do. would like to do to somebody. And it, 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 for, the, for, for a viewer and for, from a point of view of a mother... And thinking about something like that happening to your kids, and it's not a far stretch to know that you would think those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. You would definitely entertain or, or uh, fantasize in your brain about doing those kinds of things. And I guess this film is asking you, what does it take for somebody to take that next step and actually act on those kinds yeah, of yeah and ideas? And well, from what we can tell, and it, really it, act on them. <laughs> yeah, real, like again to the point where you feel bad for these perpetrators, and you like, especially the scene where, like, you know, they're torturing, um, like I think it was like the half brother or something that you know, that step brother, yeah, uh, step brother that raped brother, yeah. Jamie, oh. and he and like Jamie himself is like so uncomfortable that he's just like just already please don't make him go through this like showing that level of empathy for a person who has done that from my viewpoint has done the worst thing a human being can do to another human being pretty much it it's i think what's really like throwing me off about all this is that the director justin kurzel who also wrote the movie Mm -hmm. i've seen the films that he's made since and it's really well didn't he do like assassin's creed and stuff like well yeah that's the thing it's (laughs) difficult to reconcile the fact like reconcile what he's done since like he went from doing snowtown to doing um macbeth which is like an amazing version of the shakespeare story to the assassin's creed movie to I think right now he's doing a, um, a film about the Ned Kelly story. Okay. Actually, history, the um, true history of the Ned Kelly gang, which oh, I'm really looking forward to. Is that based on the P- Peter Carey book? I believe so. Oh, yeah. Wow. That, yeah, it's, it's it, is, it is really weird to see his career, especially since like I would easily say that he started out with his best because it, th- this is the kind of like confronting the stuff that actually makes you think rather than just feel. Oh yeah. 
I've I've read people have said that it's just kind of his almost his forgotten masterpiece because those those are very Hollywood films and I don't think Snowshine. I will admit though, it is funny to me to think about like some Hollywood producer watching Snowtown and going. We should get this guy for the Assassin's Creed movie. Right? <laughs> Such a weird stretch. But, oh, yeah. uh, but, but on that same metric, um, I talked about um, the director and the composer, who are actually brothers, and okay. the composer, Jed Kurzel. I can actually see him getting work off the back of this because his career also like leaped forward along with Justin's after this film. And he's gone on to do the scores for stuff like Alien Covenant. Wow. And Overlord, which is, like, a really cool, um, like, really gory, like, hard-nosed um, World War Two like, sci-fi action thriller. Really cool. Wow. And, <laughs> and also, he also um, composed the music for a film called Una, which I would measure on the same wavelength as far as films that are really good that I could never see myself watching okay. again. Because if anything, Una, it's a film with um, Rooney Mara and Ben Mendelsohn, okay. is even more disturbing than this and yet less graphic. Are there any movies that have been made in the last 10 years that don't have Ben Mendelsohn in them? That, that is a fair point. That is actually a fair point. The man has become synonymous with playing villains, which immediately is a good fit for him. And I'm telling you, Una, Una is like the pinnacle for that because it shows him as like the worst thing Ever. And bear in mind, this is the same guy who played, like, space dictators and yeah. all this other stuff to do with, like, Star Wars and stuff like that. But no, this is him at his most vile. Wow. Well, I'll put that on my not to watch this. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but getting back to Snowtown, yeah. it's just... Yeah, this was really tough to watch, but... No. Worth watching. Yeah. Not... More than once. And Doesn't I totally it? understand people who won't even be able to get through that much, no. but... As far as, like, a film that, like, looks at the usual serial killer story formula and actually makes the audience ask questions about what they're seeing, who it's happening to, why it's happening, and whether any of it in any way could even be justified. And the fact that it even seeps that question in is, are these scenes of torture posthumous answering machine recordings, which made for, like, honestly, like, the most disturbing thing for me because just the thought of someone hearing that and not knowing the full context, it's like, oh, dear God, that is not good. Sorry. So, so I'm, I'm, chilling, I'm getting chills just yeah. thinking about that yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's as, 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 the kind of, as the kind of film that's meant to make you both feel terrible mm. but think about why you're feeling that mm. this is a mesmerizing piece of work it really is like it's, a, a, it's real, it is a really damn good movie yep yep just yeah it's just really difficult to watch it, it, yeah but no, that's i agree and I, and I meant to say that you know at the beginning when i say this is you know ultimately a difficult movie to watch that's not to say that it is not well made that it is not really well acted and produced and everything it's 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 a masterpiece in 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 a way of that kind of serial killer genre and i have a in case people haven't noticed it uh, i have a a love of australian films and this is up there with absolutely absolutely well that's um so we got the 
good one out of the way. <laughs> Do you think? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get more into that when we get into this. But yeah, now we're going to talk about... Extremely something. Extremely long title. <laughs> yeah, extremely gonna, long I'm title. Gonna, I'm going to go with. Extremely film long about title. Ted Bundy. And film about Ted Bundy. If you don't know who Ted Bundy is, I don't know where you've been all your life, but he was one of America's most notorious serial killers. Yeah, which is saying something considering that yeah. there's like a metric for that. Yeah. I'll just play a little snippet of the trailer. Do you remember the night we met? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you have been witness to the unspeakable horrors of the defendant's heinous crimes. You have seen ghastly injuries, smashed in faces, broken jaws. Will the defendant please rise? For years, I've carried this guilt that I'm to blame for everything. <laughs> if only I hadn't trusted you. I promise you'll never leave me, Liz. It's about another missing girl, isn't it? Ted, did you do it? No. We've got a very disturbed, sick individual. You'll be the first nationally televised trial in history. You look nice, partner. I'm disguised as an attorney today. I get very scared, but, you know, he's also really dreamy. This one is interesting because I heard, like, um, I, you know, follow, um, you know, film media mm -hmm. and you know, reporting and stuff like that. And I remember, like, earlier in the year seeing a lot of people talking about this movie but talking about how, like, it was the sexy serial killer movie, like, they made Ted Bundy, like, too likable to an extent. Do you, do you agree with that? Well, well, here's the thing. I think... Why? Because it's Zac Efron? Uh, well, well, that could be a situation because, like, shirtless Zac Efron is like, I'm... Whew, I know. I'm well, gone. Who wouldn't be? It's just, yeah, but it's just... It, I really think this is another situation of, like, you know... Um, you know, film media jumping the gun in terms of like vilifying a film for doing something because mm. the idea that, you know, Zach Afron as Ted Bundy or just Ted Bundy himself mm. is, you know, he's too nice. How, you know, he's too likable. That's part of the point of the movie. It actively looked at the, you know, the public while the big media circus was going on who were like, you know, I think he's really hot. There's no way he could have done stuff like that. It actively looks at stuff like that and looks at how Ted Bundy and, to an extent, his girlfriend, or very much to an yeah. extent, his girlfriend, yeah. manipulate the media to side with him after a while. Exactly. It's part of the point. And this, <laughs> this, this really happened. And when you look at the, at the end and the judge's statements... And he actually said that stuff to him. And he uh, actually... He, 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 yes, John Malkovich in his... Oh, Again, the, bless your heart. The, the, <laughs> it's just, he was amazing. He, he really was throwing was. shade all over the place. He was having none of it. And what's with John Malkovich turning up in all these movies we've been watching lately? Yeah, I, I mean, know. he was like, Buzzsaw, Velvet Buzzsaw, and I was like, oh, okay. And then and suddenly he <laughs> turns up the judge. And it, it, it turns out there are quite a few roles that fit his very irritated Olive Garden patron <laughs> delivery. And he still had that. He, he really did feel like just... <laughs> and, and, and like, how to put it, 
him with that delivery in that character is the only like rational way I could excuse why the film's title is as long as it is. Like, oh yeah, you know what? I do totally get it coming from him, even yeah. though it was like historically what was said by yeah. the judge. Yeah. I do totally get that, and I'm like, the casting's really damn good across the board with this. Like, so Zac Efron, solid as hell. He was. He was he, good- he, as far as like. You know, the nice guy that no one... He actively doesn't want people to suspect what he did to the manipulator, to the hacksaw revelation. Yeah. Like, he and, and nails it. He does, and he's adamant... I didn't he's, do this! He's the innocence. Like, he was... I, I thought he was very good. It almost feels like a Gone Girl situation where it gives you a person where you could almost believe that they are innocent. I thought that too, actually. Which I find kind of weird because not only is this based on real-life events, it's made by a director who also did a documentary about Ten Bundy this same year. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I... I, We'll get back to the kind of the premise of the whole film. So this is actually really Liz's story. This is her... Oh, my God, Lily Collins, I heartbreaking seeing her seeing her break down that much I'm like oh as much as I do have problems with films that portray um characters particularly female characters as just the victim to what happens around them which to an extent was kind of my problem with Jamie in Snowtown he kind of fits the same archetype Uh my god Lily Collins just Oh, I felt so bad watching him. Just like, no, no. Especially with, like, how she goes from, like, you know, being in denial about the whole thing, just, like, coming to terms with it to just, like, final resolution and just, like, vindication for herself and those around her. It's, like, it is really impactful to watch. Exactly. And And, uh, and I don't think that they could have, like, I think they could have done it without making Ted Bundy's character in the film so likable. Like, it wouldn't have been so believable that she was so easily kind of wrapped up in this whole situation. There must have been something about him in real life that that yeah. she really fell for. And, 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 and I mean, how looking at To the like, point where she was able to overlook some pretty blindingly obvious clues along the way. Yeah, and, and like, looking at um because it seems like all biopics nowadays have to pair the dramatized footage with real footage, mm. like watching the real Ted Bundy in those footages, yeah. it really, like, I kind of get why uh, I don't think he was ever in any way innocent. Don't get me wrong, but I can get why people would think that because he has that charisma to him. And Zach Efron really nailed that. And Lily Collins as like, you know, a woman breaking down, mm. having a very pudgy looking Haley Joel Osmond, Next, mm. <laughs> next to her. <laughs> yeah. That was. I, yeah. I, I have to admit, not as jarring as seeing him as the Canadian Fuhrer in um, yoga hoses, but still a bit. <laughs> did throw me off a bit. And um, Kaya Scaldelario as the girlfriend. The the woman he ends up marrying. Yeah. The it, odd sex scene notwithstanding Mm -hmm. it was really weird that like in a film to do with you know a necrophiliac that that was the most graphic thing we saw well i and i it's part of what i liked about it um and we went 
we got we watched something very brutal and very graphic, but kind of weirdly psychologically graphic as well, to a film again from a victim's perspective not focusing so much on the crimes except for during the trial and no real other than the description from the prosecutor yeah. of, of some of the things that he'd done but very much not focused on the crimes again very much t- looking at how and why this all kind of came yeah. about and, and, and the people he dragged along with him and, <laughs> and all that kind of ickiness yeah. that, that that is so uncomfortable to watch but makes you realise, like, like for me, I kind of looked at it and, and you go, you, you really take putting your life, your own life in somebody else's hands when you get into a relationship with somebody, you're trusting that that person is firstly and foremost, like, not a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and secondly, going to have your best interest at hearts and all that kind of thing because you're trusting this person and when somebody betrays your trust like that and not just has an affair but murders... 30, at least 30 women. I mean, that that must just be, like, yeah. the ultimate act of betrayal of somebody. Yeah. And, and um, just quickly getting back to um, what you were saying about the prosecutor, mm. having him try and get Ted Bundy in jail is the extent to which Jim Parsons has to go for me to go... Oh yeah, the guy from the Big Bang Theory. I agree with him. Like that's how that's how far he has to go for me to hear any of his bullshit nowadays. Like that's how much I have against the guy. Not personally, but just as a creative, I'm just yeah. not cool. It with was that. a weird casting. I have to admit that. Um, yeah, that was one of the weirder. Oh, well, parts, hang on a second. So. Hang on a second. Speaking of casting, is it my imagination, or was the guy from Metallica in this film? Oh yes, he was. <laughs> It's just, and, and, and here's the thing. I can actually explain why that... I can come up with a theory, at least, for why he was in okay, this movie. Cool. Because the guy who directed this, um, he primarily does documentaries. And one of the documentaries he did was Some Kind of Monster. Yeah, right. Which was Metallica at their absolute worst. So I can totally get James Hetfield be, um, being cast quite well, actually. He actually worked well in that scene. But it was... It was I'm watching him going... Hang on a sec. I, it, it, like, broke me in the middle of, you know, the like, experience. Like, yeah, I had to stop and be like, did I just... <laughs> it is. Oh, my God, it is. It's Mr. F- give me fuel, give me fire. Yeah. But cool, cool. I, he, I can, I can work with that. Like, my theory was that I thought he maybe he was a bit of a serial killer aficionado, like your mum and just wanted a cameo role. In that, 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 that could be the case as well, but... I'm going to stick with mine. He wants to be associated for more than, you know, <laughs> helping Lars lash out at Napster and making one of the worst metal albums of all time. I don't think that's a stretch to say because St. Anger really is I that I loved that documentary. It, it, oh, oh, yeah, I did too. It's like, it's the ultimate in just like documentaries are at their best when their subject is at their worst. Right? Oh, bit. yeah. But I have to admit, getting back to Extremely yes, yes. Wicked. yes. As much as I really did like aspects of it, especially when it came to like you know the media, you know the media mm. fast pretty much that was built up around it, and how like the court of public opinion and the actual court yep. end up overlapping and just making things worse, which in the age of social media has gotten a thousand times more Mate, prevalent. Could you imagine if that had been the case in those days. Yeah, exactly. But it's just, and here's where we get to like my like big problem with this movie at the mm. end of the day 
it has enough awareness to look at you know the me- you know the media influence at of the case at the time, but not enough to stretch it to the fact that its own existence as a film is because of that media influence. Mm. I'm willing to bet that this film would not exist if it wasn't for the highly publicized event of Ted Bundy. Same for the exact same reason that yeah, without yeah. like Ed Gein, films like. Silence of the Lambs and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre would not exist. Yeah. Why, um, you know, stuff like Psycho wouldn't exist. Yeah. Why, hell, even stuff like Snowtown wouldn't exist without the real-life inspiration for them. Yeah. And it, it actually, like, in that, in that vein of, like, looking at its own place within the media, you know, the media circus that it's commenting on, mm-hmm. it reminded me a bit of I, Tonya, yeah, which okay. which also dealt in um, delved into its place as part of the big you know media sensation that was the original Nancy Kerrigan case, and but where I Tonya like did, you know went that one step further is that it acknowledged its own place mm. as you know a result of all of that and also actively questioned like actively when. You did this to me. Square at the audience, making them part of it. Because for the most part, the only people who would go see I, Tonya are people who knew about the story going into it yeah. through how mimetic it was. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, just like, you know, the ice skater feud, the, you know, clocking of the knee and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Whereas with Extremely Wicked, it, it does it. It might be unreasonable to ask that it go as far as that, because not every film is I, Tonya, but at the same time, some acknowledgement of the film as it is and its own place within the big media for all mm. would have really helped with it, especially since, like, as I talked about before with the sex scene, it's a bit muted as far as, like, the actual impact of what's going on, and that's why I highlight the... um. The, sa- the hacksaw thing, because even without actively showing it, like the sound of the hacksaw going through the entire scene, that really like sank into my skin. Yeah, yeah. And if more of it was like that, or and or if it went more into you know acknowledging, oh yeah, um, all the stuff that we're commenting on, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. At the end of the day, do you think? That potentially part of its problem is that it was trying to make a few too many points and wasn't able to kind of... That might be part of it, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Because, especially since, like, when it was starting out, it was kind of difficult to ascertain what direction it'd be going into. It wasn't... And and that's part of the reason why, like, you know, Lily Collins and her place as the victim kind of annoyed me because once the media circus, like, kicked in in earnest... She was pushed to the side. Yeah, and I found that really and, weird. And, and that kind and, of became. Which, ironically, once like the trial started in earnest, that's when the biggest shining points of the film came out. Like Zac Efron being much more cunning and you know calculating as Ted Bundy. You did see a bit more. And of him and and, out there. and of course you know the inclusion of John Malkovich yeah. and actually you know getting into how much the media exposure for the case could very well have ended up, you know, harming it in the long run, even though well, thankfully Ted I'm... Bundy did end up dying. I'm not usually happy that people die, but yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I would agree very much there that I don't think for me, 
your issue there, not so much a problem for me, but I was a little bit annoyed um, that it wasn't made quite so impactful that it's amazing that he got convicted given the circumstances yeah. of the public idea of him and their, and their, you know, believing of his innocence. And so it, I, I really feel like there was, it was like, okay, guilty. And then that was it. And I was like, can we not stop for a moment and go, wow, that's pretty fucking crazy that he did get convicted and that, yeah. that the, the, the technology available to them at the time, it's not like they had the DNA kind of stuff and the technology that we can use today to convict people. I mean, it's very difficult to get away with these kinds of crimes now because of what we have available to us. But we, they didn't have anything like that then. Yeah. I mean, we barely had proper photography. Like, so it's really quite incredible that he was convicted and convicted of so many, particularly because he still maintained his innocence for, for years afterwards. And 30 women. And that scene at the end where they put their names up on the screen, I seriously sat back and went, wow. Fuck this guy! Yeah, really, (laughs) seriously. And and so grateful that that he did get convicted in the end and really grateful to the film for acknowledging that because you very rarely get that in these kind of films. Yes, and and I have to admit, as much as I, like, have issues in terms of like how I would have preferred it to be dealt with. Sure. The fact that it really did acknowledge these are the people who died. Yeah. This is the person who did it. Yeah. Like, f- like flat out declaring yeah. that. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for that. No, I, I do have respect for that. We're not trying to, yeah, we're not trying to ask you, do you really think he did it here? He did it. And these are the people that he killed and they were real people. And that was really impactful to me. And I really was yeah, and, it's, it's, and you know what? Even with like all my, at the end of the day, kind of needless bitching about like you know what it could have been, what it could have <laughs> sure. done, what it actually did was quite effective, and it actually like, um, like in terms of like watching new movies, I usually like write reviews for new movies mm-hmm. as soon as I'm finished watching them, and extremely, um. Wicked was no exception, but I genuinely struggled with it mm. this time around, which right. is which is honestly a rare thing for me because actually looking at again the media influence, mm. you know, the court of public opinion, especially nowadays in regards to stuff like you know Me Too, Times Up, or even niche stuff like um Kick Vic, it yeah. really it, it really is a situation of just like wow, this is still a problem, yeah. and I'm finding it difficult to even articulate like how much the problem itself worries me. Like it really does worry me as much as I don't put the whole of my confidence in the courts, because it's not as if everyone who should be convicted gets convicted. Mm -hmm. And it's not as if everyone who even does get convicted ends up getting the service they deserve. Mm -hmm. True. (laughs) But, but at the same time, None of this stuff is helping. All this stuff of just like, you know, making what should be, you know, behind closed doors legal matters, you know, big and open and free for everyone to give their unqualified opinion on. It's not constructive. It really isn't constructive. And you can imagine even at that time, those interviews with those women in the courtroom and those Bundy fans and imagine the families of those women who had been murdered by yeah. them and, and them seeing them and 
on TV being like, oh, but he looks like such a handsome guy. Yeah. And it's just so weird. And you're right, it, 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 it shouldn't really be allowed. And I, and I don't know what the answer to that is. And I don't either. And I don't know why they decided to do that at the time. I don't feel like the film tried to explain. Well, 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 well admittedly, that might be a situation where, like, that, that was discussed in the documentary alongside it. Sure. Could be the situation, but looking at this film on its own, yeah. as best I can, because I do tend to compare everything sure. with everything else I've seen, yeah. it, for what it did try and address, because it didn't even get into that, admittedly. It, no. didn't, it didn't really address that. But for what it did address, I will admit, it did give me a lot to think about, especially with, like, it being released now in the yeah. midst of like a lot of the same stuff going on yeah. only pushed one even further extreme because not only is like, you know, you know, Joe public being involved in you know, the court of public opinion, like lawyers themselves have pretty, um, you know, good social media profiles as well. And they're getting involved in it actively in certain cases, actively hindering their own cases. Part of the reason why bringing the two together is not a good idea. Yeah, and, and then if you look at, um, you know, the the recent phenomenon of real crime, true crime podcasts, and you look at, um, you know, there's My Favourite Murder, which is a really highly successful podcast. There's a lot of people really interested in this kind of stuff. But then when you do something like serial where you take an old case of somebody who's actually been put behind bars and someone asks you to look into it and you're not a professional you're just a journalist in a lot of ways and you put this stuff out there and then something actually happens I mean they reopened that case and should they like yeah is it, this it, it is a really complicated have issue we gotten too convoluted here are we are we meddling in things that we shouldn't yeah, be meddling exactly. in? like um before i you know i push myself any further up my own ass talking <laughs> about this stuff i'll say on one side i get why you know social activism in regards to court cases can be a good thing but on the other hand, I get why public interference in legal matters can be a very bad thing alongside it. Sure. I, I personally don't consider one to be a bigger thing than the other. Well, it's very both, murky. It is very murky. And, well, as much as all of this like run, runs the risk of me once again declaring that actively thinking about the implications of a film... Mm is more interesting than the film itself. Mm. This is a good movie. Yeah. It is a really good movie. Yeah. And the, and as far as like a dramatization of everything on the basis of the writing, the performances and the exactly. pacing, yeah. it feels like this has a reason to be, especially with what it ends up, you know, bringing up in terms of the legal process, especially over in America mm-hmm. and how the whole, you know, mass media coverage of it has gone in a lot of different directions since and quite a few of those are somehow worse than this that's the really scary thing to think about honestly but exactly yeah and in a very crowded space with you know serial killers and murders and all that kind of stuff it's very crowded right now i feel like it really held its head above and and said something that Needed to be said, and I I enjoyed it for, from that perspective. It's not my favorite genre. It's not something that I would normally sit down and watch. Uh, it, it, it honestly isn't for me as well. Like I like 
we talked about my mother really being into mm. true crime stuff. Mm. I'm the complete opposite. I don't like watching stuff involving real people getting yeah. hurt. Yeah. That's why I stick firmly with fiction or at the very least stuff that was merely influenced by real world events rather than just like yeah. actively portraying them, you know, point for point. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. And- but, but, doesn't mean I'm completely turned off by it. No, and when it's and done well, it, it's done well. Exactly. And, and it was. All right. Well, I think we can both uh, agree. Uh, yeah. We, we had a couple of good ones here. Yeah. Look, um, for vastly different reasons. <laughs> All right. So, on a scale of the world's sharpest knife Ooh. to a butter knife mm. in terms of actually getting the job done. Yeah. Snowtown... I wouldn't even say, like, world sharpest knife. I'd say, like, the kind of thing where you, like, drop it on the floor and it goes right through the earth. Because <laughs> I will 100% agree with, with you that. there. Yep. Not that I enjoyed it, but that the, yeah. it definitely achieved what it set out to do, for sure. Yeah. And Getting with, the job done. And, and with Extremely Wicked, I'd go with... It could be sharper. It could yeah. be a bit sharper, but it certainly gets the job done. And, and it is a pretty clean cut through yep. what, it, what yeah, it's aiming not, for. Not, not a hacksaw. <laughs> yeah, not a hacksaw, exactly. Okay. Awesome. Wow, cool. So, all right, so we got that sorted, and hopefully we'll have something far less depressing for next time. I think so. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank so, you. another one done. Thanks again so much for listening. Movies with Kate and Tal. Until next time.